Welcome to Consume for Good. I'm Emily. And I'm Billy. And we're an everyday couple stumbling our way through plant-based keto. This week, we are changing up our structure a little bit. We warned you last week. Hopefully it's not too much of a surprise, but we thought it would be good to add a few more things into our normal weekly structure um, that would be good talking points. So starting now, we are going to be talking at the start about frequent topics of veganism, myths, or even questions that people might ask you, or or if you're new to being plant-based, questions you might have yourself. So we definitely are starting with common ones, and if you have any yourself, we'd love to hear them. And then we'll go on to kind of a, is it worth it, uh, items that are advertised to us, um, particularly through Instagram, Facebook, all of those. I'm sure you see a lot of ads as well. If you're listening to us, you search different things, so you hear a lot. So we'll be investigating some of those and sort of helping you weed through what is worthwhile and what's not. And then of course, we've kept our favorite wins, fails, and adjustments at the end. Um, We really enjoy doing that, Mm -hmm. so we're going to keep it. Yeah, so I think to kick off, uh, you know, frequent topics, I think one of the biggest myths or things that people always see, and when you're doing your research, it probably comes up quite a bit, is, you know, is it expensive to switch, right? And, you know, from a standpoint of just a regular diet, but if you're throwing in the keto, obviously keto is very centric around meat because it's low carb, high protein, high fat generally. So is it really that expensive uh, to, you know, to switch? Yeah, and this is one that we've briefly talked about before, and I think the answer sort of is yes and no, right? Mm-hmm. I think once you're in the routine and you're in that normal, no, you know, vegetables don't cost a whole lot. Tofu is pretty cheap. So if you are keeping to those basic in the pantry of just veggies, especially leafy green ones, there's always some variation you can find on sale. Um, and then tofu, it's pretty cheap to do that. I will say, however, even if you're doing that, setting up keto and setting up vegan there is sort of that purging of the pantry sometimes Mm -hmm. and replacing it with more keto friendly so we use like mct oil and that can be expensive if you're going through gallons and gallons of it (laughs) um and so just changing some of those things out if you used to use butter if you did regular keto now you have to change to plant-based some of those pantry staples can be um a bit of a change but none of them i think are wildly expensive Yeah, I would say making the switch, we probably saw maybe a 10 to 15% increase in our weekly, the weekly bill. And I think a lot of that was initially, like you said, we had to take a lot of things that are not vegan or plant-based specific, and we had to replace them with what would be if we wanted to replace them. A good example of this is uh, mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. You tend to use mayonnaise a lot, uh, or a mayo product because it's got a lot of fat, but unfortunately most mayos are made with eggs. So if you're cutting those out of your everyday diet, it can present a problem. So you do, and generally like the vegan mayonnaises and things like that tend to be a little bit more expensive. Um, we tend to use them quite a bit just to one, add those fats in. We found when switching to a plant-based keto lifestyle, it wasn't really the protein that was hard to find it was also adding those fats into so mm-hmm. we find that helps um add in more fats to really hit those those macros and then also that you might be finding yourself spending a little bit at the front of on like different spices and things like mm-hmm. that because tofu can be kind of bland yeah. um, it's a, <laughs> a it's little. it's great and we're still experimenting with finding better yeah. flavors but 
at the beginning, I think it's, you kind of need to punch up the flavors a lot more to really kind of get into the swing of it. And then you can dial it back as you really get more comfortable. Well, and with that as well, I think with spices and we're constantly looking of, you know, you may have had a whole spice rack before is if you really love cooking and are interested in having tasty food. But then when you start to do the keto side of it and looking at the carbs, spices are not necessarily the carbiest thing. But if you use like taco seasoning, mm -hmm. right, that little sachet can be pretty carby if you're not careful. Yeah, oh yeah. And so finding alternatives, I know Primal Palette is a good one. Mm -hmm. It's low carb, it's that more paleo style in their spices. Um, so that's been a good transition, but all of that costs, right? And if you suddenly replace all the all the spices in your pantry in one week and you're suddenly changing all of those, that could cost you a lot. I will say, like you said, you know, sometimes the vegan options of like mayonnaise and all that sort of thing do cost a bit more. I think it's the like keto side of things that mm -hmm. cost more. So we eat a granola every now and then, uh, sola granola. Mm -hmm. um, it's good. It's got great flavor, pretty low carb mm -hmm. considering what it is. It tastes pretty normal. We have found the grocery store near us sells it pretty cheaply. I don't know why it sells it cheaply, but yeah, they do. It's almost a difference of like $6 between ordering it from them yeah. and buying it on the shelf. Which, which is... Bizarre. Yeah. We, yeah, we ordered directly from the company and it was, like you said, $6 more. And I think that's where you see a lot of that is a lot of companies, um, particularly keto. Keto, I think, is much more in vogue right now than maybe plant-based diets. I think plant-based is building its momentum, but not quite yet, whereas keto's had a couple of years to build. And so I think with that keto side is a lot of companies are trying to find the shelf space so they're willing to maybe take a hit to be there and then you'll come back one week and it's suddenly more expensive. I think the plant-based or vegan side of things, you do pay a bit of a premium, but I don't know, maybe you disagree. I feel like the products I'm noting, noticing a big difference in price between the like non-keto friendly and the keto version. Mm -hmm. um, I see a bigger price difference than between the like plant-based and non-plant-based products. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And I also think, you know, starting out, we... You know, we've openly said that we were starting with more made items and then dialing it back because our main goal is really to transition gradually, then jump full feet. And that gives us the ability to also try out things and see what we like. And so I think that you are going to almost like the keto tax, I guess we would call it. Yeah. You know, there if it has that word on it, it's probably going to be a little bit more expensive because they know that there are people within the niche that are actively looking for that. And that's what's popular right now. So yeah. uh, it is a little a bit of a bummer, but we are finding as we transition away from more pre-made items mm -hmm. that the cost is actually starting to go down because I mean, really, you know, when you fill a bowl worth of Brussels sprouts and cabbage, <laughs> it's not that expensive when it comes down to it. So I think as we back away from some of those, more pre-made items and it'll end up getting cheaper. So I don't know if, I think we'll still have an increase in cost because there are a few staples that we are going to have to spend money on. Yeah. Like you said, MCT oil, right? We have to, if we're gonna do a vegan or plant-based keto, we have to add those fats in. So that's really gonna be some of the ways that we add those back in. But as for the other things, once I think you get in the rhythm, I don't think it's really that much more expensive. No, I fully agree. And I think like we said, is it's all the other things. So we have previously talked about smart sweets as well. We really do like them. Um, if it's the right formula, there's <laughs> two out there and we, I'm sure look like idiots checking the shelves and say, nope, wrong formula and putting them back. <laughs> um, 
but those as well let's bet are pretty expensive for the small packaging and so it's it's those sort of products exactly like you said that help with that transition um that are expensive so again if you've tried it for a few weeks and you're like this just isn't sustainable for me the cost wise i would encourage you to to write it out and really look at what is costing you and if it's all the extra you know the sweet things or the sugar replacement or things like that that's what's costing you and and maybe dialing back that i mean it's pretty standard we fluctuate like you said i think we've found a nice balance of our weekly grocery being a little bit less but also some weeks we want those you know more packaged stuff mm. and and we are scaling back so it's coming down but we do every now and then still have them so you kind of got to be kind to yourself sometimes and it's a slow transition <laughs> we also like to try new things so mm-hmm. we're always looking you know we're constantly being advertised things and we're constantly checking it and sometimes uh you know when you check it you're like well it, it does technically fall within the realms of keto but that eh, is it really worth it so i think in conclusion to, to mm-hmm. that yes if you do switch you will see an increase in price right because one you have to switch out all your, you know, you're switching everything you were eating if it's still in your pantry, right? So that that purge. Mm-hmm. And then also, I think if you're gradually easing into it, things that are more packaged and more pre-made are going to cost a bit more as you transition. But I think long-term, mm-hmm. your cost will probably end up driving down as you get more familiar with how much you need because when you're bulking up with vegetables and things like that, the cost is, is, I mean, minimal. Yeah, the one other thing I would say that does is an added cost, maybe a bit of a surprise cost sometimes, is like vitamins. Because mm-hmm. most vitamins on the shelves that you can get at the supermarket are not vegan. There's some sort of gelatin in them. That's you know part of the process or how they make them. And so finding a vegan supplement, which I think once you're in it, you know, definitely talk to your doctor, see how you're doing. But that's something we do take. Um, particularly for like B12, mm-hmm. right? It's important to have that. So those can be pricey because they are a bit more, like you said, niche. It's not everyone has those. They're not the big brands that are on all the shelves. Those can be expensive. And another thing we have to make sure that we're getting enough protein. Now, protein powder, I don't think plant-based protein powder is more expensive than regular. I think it's sort of, there's so many people who are really dedicated to working out that are plant-based or vegan mm-hmm. that that price kind of is leveled out with the other ones. But I think for us, we definitely have a lot more protein powder than we would on like a regular keto diet, right? So that's, it's not that it's a more expensive one. It's just something that we've added into our diet. But again, that's our breakfast. So it sort of replaces the food that we would buy. And and it's like that pantry staple. At first, you have to buy a tub for, you know, what, 20 bucks, but it'll last you a month or so. So it's it's just part of that pantry restock sort of cost so as i was kind of saying you know we tend to buy things that we see that are advertised to keto and and just because you know we want to try them out you know it's nice to have some familiarity and some things like you said sweets or (laughs) just other things so we wanted to kind of transition into this new idea of is it worth it right you know are are these things right keto is a niche word it's a buzzword you know people are trying to make money and and so you know are these things worth it so i think we kind of wanted to add in products that we've found that um are good or bad or they have advertised to us just so that you know if if it does seem like a good fit that this might be a good thing to help you make that transition or it might be one of those things that maybe should be avoided because it seems too good to be true and and we are constantly getting caught off guard by 
too good to be true within this. <laughs> yes, constantly. I think this product is one that we, it's a good one to talk about this week because it's one that I feel like we are constantly double checking the carbs because it does seem too good to be true. So we've talked about it before. Um, I know it's on the gram of our like avocado toast for the bread part of it, but Chompy's bread, we found it at Sprouts mm -hmm. and we hadn't seen it anywhere else before. But it, looking up, they started in a bakery and then the bread side of it, they've obviously sold um, into other stores and you can order it off their website. It's a great low carb bread. It tastes like real bread. There's not like a gummy texture to sometimes low carb breads that have like mm -hmm. weird additives in them. Definitely tastes great. It's only two carbs per slice, which is manageable even if you're on the really restrictive end of, you know, 20 carbs or 26 carbs, wherever that low end is for you. And it, it does taste like real bread. They also, they have a variety of bread. So they have like a whole wheat, they have the sesame, and they have a sweet cinnamon swell, which is nice for that mm -hmm. sort of like raisin bread-esque yeah. that I know was big when we were younger. Um, my dad used to do like French toast, very like childhood memory. Um, but they also have pizza bases that you can add. So it's, if you're not a fan of the cauliflower pizza bases, you can have a real one. And it does have that really light texture. of almost like real bread, I find myself saying. I mean, it is real bread because mm -hmm. it's bread you can eat. It exists, but it has a great taste. Now, I would say I agree 100%. The taste mm -hmm. is great. It definitely fits all the bills. The one thing I will say that I forgot to mention when, when we were talking about it, and someone had actually brought up after we had recommended it to them, is it does use gluten in the product. So if you are doing keto or and you are gluten-free, which tend to go kind of hand-in-hand, hand, uh, make sure you check the ingredients. It is low-carb. It is plant-based. It, it fits all those bills, but if you are not, or you, you are trying to avoid gluten or have a gluten allergy, it might not be the right bread for you. So you want to double check that. And like you said, you can, we find it in the freezer section of our grocery store. Um, they have a specific freezer section next to the bread that has like breads that are in there. And then you can, like you said, order it, which I don't know how well they're distributed across the country or in uh, if they're distributed in other countries. So that's definitely something that you'd want to check also. Yeah. And they have subscriptions sort of like they'll send you a month worth at the start of the month, it looks like. And they have like three month, six month, 12 month. So if you do find some in your store, give it a taste and you really like it. They definitely have those. Um, I think it's just a great way. Like you said, it does have gluten. I do agree. And with keto, that's not always great. But it is a nice additive for when you're looking for that bread texture. Sometimes that's a big piece of missing. I know that's when we were doing real strict keto the first round and didn't find chompies. Just having bread, you know, not even the like fried anything or the other like more... Uh, high fat carby things I think it was bread and the normalcy of like mm -hmm. toast in the morning is what I miss so um, that's been a nice low carb find and definitely I think for us going back to this new section of like is it worth it we would deem it worth it mm -hmm. obviously with the caveat of it does have gluten and if you're avoiding that maybe it's not worth to you but for us the carbs the plant-based and it's not wildly expensive mm -hmm. it's definitely worth it Oh, yeah. I would definitely say that it is uh, a worth it product within the way that we are approaching plant-based keto. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you kind of enjoyed that new structure. Mm -hmm. um, we are going to keep an older structure that we have, uh, an <laughs> older bit that we have because we really enjoy talking about 
the things that we found work, the things that we found that don't work, mm -hmm. and the things that we have decided that need to be changed. So with that said, we're going to segue into our wins, fails, and adjustment piece. And I think Emily's going to kick us off with some wins. Yeah, definitely. So our win this week, if you saw on the gram recently, uh, Billy made some popsicles. And they are great. We got an unsweetened coconut milk, coconut cream, added cinnamon, had a bit of protein in there, a bit of almond milk to loosen it up. And it's a really tasty summer treat. We are in Atlanta and are sweating it out daily. So it is a lovely treat um, at only, I mean, less than two carbs of popsicle. We yeah, quite small about, popsicle. Yeah, milk. about two carbs, two and a half carbs, um, so give or take. That's been really nice. It tastes like a real treat. And you guys all know what I mean by a real treat. It doesn't taste like fake sugar. It tastes like a real popsicle. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. You know, it doesn't taste like you're compromising. It's been really tasty. It's low carb enough that you can have it, um, you know, after lunch. It doesn't have to be like evening treat because it's so high carb. It's a good treat. And like you said, you added protein powder. So post-workout, if you don't want a smoothie, it's a nice way to cool down, to cool down after our our workouts that we've been doing yeah and the recipe's up on instagram and it's also up on our website so give it a try it's fairly basic i have a couple more coming up oh, that uh, i'm waiting on some spices that i ordered to to make mm -hmm. some fun fun different flavors so hopefully we'll have a few more summer treats that that'll be good but i think the ability to have something I'm not necessarily say normal, but something that is summery yes. within the summer heat is definitely nice. Yeah, we always like to have variety in everything, not just the like main meals we're having, but also the snacks and little treats here and there, which sort of segues us into fails, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Do you want to go through yeah, that? Yeah, I would say our fails, ironically, as we're trying to mix it up, have is really trying to get away from the repetitiveness of food. You know, you find within plant-based vegan keto like those those subsects that you find combinations that work right you go i know i can do this this and this and it's going to fit all the things i need and it's going to be perfect well doing that every day of the week gets a little daunting and we found that with regular keto once we got into it and really understood how food fit within our weekly macros it was very easy for us to say okay we need to do a bit of this, this much of this this much of this and this much of this and we're good mm -hmm. But I think that repetitiveness really gets boring. For sure. I think there's a lot more options for snacks or for other things to spice up regular keto. You know, you have a whole a whole sea of choices when it comes to like cheeses you can add in or like even just different meats, whereas we're kind of limited to like <laughs> crumbles and tofu because they're low carb. So I think there's a lot less choice. So it has to be a bit more, a bit more research into spicing things up and changing up meals. We've been trying to have a big variety in the vegetables that we're using but that's something that we are conscientiously working on right this week or, or moving forward we'll be working mm -hmm. on because it just has been same old same old and i think especially it's exaggerated at us working from home and being from home like we're in the same four walls most of the day we're not really seeing many other people we're not going out it we really need some variety somewhere <laughs> in our life so food is where we're going to spend a bit more time moving forward of changing it up yeah, and you know, it benefits not just us, but if you are following us to make this transition, you know, we try and post these recipes to uh, be accessible so that they're just options that you can utilize to throw in and easy to plant. They're pretty easy to plan for. We try and keep them within five or six ingredients so that you don't have to buy everything on the shelf to, to make it. Because we found that that is also a problem when it comes to cooking is, is you know, you don't want to have to buy a hundred dollars worth of spices to make just the one meal. So 
keeping it as simple as possible is also a goal of ours. Yeah, and we found a lot when we started, you'd look up recipes and it looks great and you're like, oh my gosh, this sounds so tasty. I'm all in. And then when you actually break down the macros, it's using the word keto is maybe a bit of a stretch, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's when we don't want to fall into that as well. We have a few recipes that are, you know, if you're still limiting yourself to like 40 carbs or so, definitely fit into that. Uh, we had one with chickpeas a few weeks ago. But we don't want it to be a, a, a regular recipe that someone's just used the hashtag of keto for and kind of moved on. We definitely try and keep most of our recipes really low carb so that they are what we say they are in that, that they're plant-based keto. Yeah, and sometimes with plant-based, you will find it's inevitable that it's going to be a carbier dish. So mm -hmm. you'll find that we try and add in olive oils and different things to get those fats and proteins back in. So not everything is going to be perfect. But they are good starting points, I think. And that, I think that's what's important is, is having that base to then create off of. Yeah, definitely. So the last one of our win fails adjustments, obviously, is adjustments. And I feel like this week, we, similar to many other weeks, we're just kind of waiting to see. We have made lots of adjustments. If you guys have been listening the last few weeks, we kind of gave ourselves more macros. We changed up our workouts. We um, Last week, we were adding in an extra workout each day with the walking. So we're kind of writing out that to see how it works so we've added in like we we're telling you last week a walk in the morning walk in the evening um about an hour and a half in the morning 40 minutes in the evening give or take so decent sized walks mm -hmm. and so we're just seeing if those help us see any more shift on the scales it's definitely been a lot slower on the scales it's been a bit of a i don't know that plateaus it it's you know we've we've we talked last week a lot about stress or other things that might be causing it but we are just not making any adjustments because we want to see if the walks help us. Yeah, and as you start getting closer to your, your goal weight, if you have a specific number, generally your weight loss is a lot more rapid at the beginning than it is once you start getting closer to where you where you want to be. So, you know, as you progress through this, you know, new style and new new way of eating does get to a point where you will hit these natural plateaus. And I think the important thing of us not making a lot of adjustments on the fly is we can really see what works to help mm -hmm. get past those plateaus and move to the next step. Some people, I think they see a couple days of, or a week of not seeing big movement like they were used to at the very beginning. And all of a sudden things start changing or they drop out or they do this kind of like, well, mm -hmm. why am I even bothering? And I think that it's important to sometimes change a few things and stick with it long uh, for a good amount of time to really see if it makes a big impact versus constantly changing. And then you can't figure out what is actually working. For sure. And I think that kind of goes back to the very start when we were talking about for us, this is all about sustainable health goals, right? I mean, obviously part of that is losing weight. That's we're not um, shying away from that. But long term, what we're looking for is just to be healthier and in better shape. So for us, that idea of constantly changing and constantly adjusting things and maybe drastic changes doesn't reinforce that idea of sustainability. We want to make sure all the changes we make are ones that we can sustain. So like a walk in the morning and the evening, we're going to give it a few weeks, definitely something we can fit into our schedules right now with how work is. Um, but we want to make sure that all changes are sustainable and it is more of a a lifestyle rather than a quick fix. We've mm -hmm. never been about the quick fix and losing weight as quickly as possible. We want it to be healthy and something where we are happy doing it. You know, if you're not 
if you've made so many changes and so drastic that it's making you miserable, that's not sustainable, right? It's not going to be long term and it's not making you healthier because it's making you unhappy. So for us, it's all about that. Like you said, seeing what change is worth it and, and making sure that it's one that we can sustain mm -hmm. as we move forward and not just one that we think, okay, well, if we just power through this for a month, it'll all be good. And that's, that's not really the reality for our weight loss right now and our health goals. So it's really important that it's sustainable and manageable and healthy for us. Yeah. So with that, uh, that's, kind of, that's the episode. Hopefully you enjoy the new format. We're excited to kind of bring this idea of, you know, different things that we're hearing to help navigate this as a lifestyle. I think it can be daunting to change. And we've, our last few episodes, we really talked about our approach and how mm -hmm. we go about it. And I think now it's really talking about how do you get into it and how do you overcome a lot of the obstacles that we have found and a lot of obstacles that other people seem to kind of portray. So, mm -hmm. you know, join us next week. We're going to keep the same format for a few episodes to see mm -hmm. uh, how it works out. But, you know, we'll talk about frequent topics within keto plant-based. We will also talk about a product or something that we have been advertised or found and if it's worth it to us. Mm -hmm. Within that space, it'll all be products that we have found naturally. It's not products that someone has put in front of us. I mean, other than just regular advertising, we're not like promoting topics. It's not us using that space to like sort of sneak in advertisements mm -hmm. at all. It's just products that we genuinely have found ourselves and are testing out of is it worth it or not. That's kind of, we're not using it to sneakily advertise anything. <laughs> yeah. With that said, join us next week. Uh, we look forward to it. If you're not already following us on all the socials, you can find us at Consume for Good. You can also find any recipes that we write or blog posts about things on our website at Consume for Good. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you next week. See you next week. Thank you.